Hello, and welcome to the Organizing for Change podcast. The goal of this podcast is to equip coalitions, organizations, and individuals to bring change to their communities. The host of the Organizing for Change podcast is the coalition coordinator for Avon, Massachusetts, Amanda Decker. Thank you for listening. Welcome to episode four of the Organizing for Change podcast, where our goal is to equip coalitions, organizations, and individuals to bring change to their community. We're so happy that you're here with us today. I'm your host, Amanda Decker, and this episode I had the chance to have a conversation with Steve Wright. A huge part of bringing change to your community is communication. And Steve Wright is the Strategic Communications Director at R&R Advertising. He's managed the Parents Empowered Campaign in Utah for 10 years, and he works closely with the Utah Division of Substance Abuse and Mental Health to ensure the campaign targets local coalitions with meaningful and effective messaging. He is a master of mobilizing key leaders of communities. Since 2006, R&R Partners has worked with the Utah Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control, or the DABC, to eliminate underage drinking in Utah, a state that has historically had the lowest underage drinking rates in the country. But with the help of R&R partners, Utah has found a way to further reduce underage drinking numbers at a faster rate than the national trend. With the evidence-based advertising and communications of R&R partners, Utah's efforts have been incredibly successful, building not only the premier prevention program in Utah, Parents Empowered, but arguably the foremost underage drinking prevention program in the nation. In fact, one in five states has adopted parent-empowered media materials or strategies to combat underage drinking. You are in for a real treat today. Now my conversation with Steve Wright. So, Steve, you are from R&R Media, and we're really excited to have you here. Um, I first got the chance to from a conference in Washington, D.C. called CADCA, and you were talking about ways that you use the media to lower underage drinking rates. And even though your state already had lower than average underage drinking rates in Utah, your state had a vision to eliminate underage drinking. Can you help our audience understand the process that went into place to achieve the results you have today as one of the fastest declining rates of underage drinking in the country? Sure. I'd love to share that with you. Um, So I I work for a private advertising firm called R&R Partners. And uh, in about 2006, the state of Utah called up uh, my shop and asked us to help in this fight against underage drinking. And the pro of those things uh, was that uh, the media campaign that we we proposed using and the overall communication strategy was not going to target kids. We were going to target parents of these kids and educate parents on the dangers of underage drinking and what they could do to keep their kids alcohol-free. Um, now, the challenging part of that is every parent believes they are good parents, and, and for the most part, mm-hmm. they are, and they have good kids. Um, but even good kids and good parents need some level of a reminder and an effort to keep their kids alcohol-free. And so one of the strategies we dove into in Utah is uh, we, we, we decided to leverage primetime media in an effort to raise awareness of the dangers related to underage drinking. 
Now, in, in Utah, we do know that uh, the underage drinking rates are the lowest in the nation, mm-hmm. and they've been that way for, for years. Um, and we were challenged uh, by our funding source, um, the state of Utah, that uh, we needed to decrease those numbers even further. And in about 2006, the uh, National Surgeon General came out and issued a call to action, asking states to do something in an effort to prevent underage drinking. And Parents Empowered, the state of Utah, um, launched this campaign called Parents Empowered uh, to respond to that request uh, to eliminate underage drinking in Utah. Now, the fantastic thing is underage drinking has decreased every single year since the campaign inception. Wow. And we've seen an overall decrease in underage drinking at about 40% um, across the last 11 years that this campaign has run. Uh, so we know we're doing something right. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rates of underage drinking are not only decreasing in Utah, but they're decreasing faster than the national average. And while total consumption of alcohol is increasing across the entire state of Utah. Uh, so we know we're moving in the right direction. Um, but I guess to answer one of your questions about the strategy we've taken to yeah. use mass media, it, it's been a, a very unique opportunity for us. Um, we realized that we had new data and new research about the effects that alcohol was having on the developing teen brain, and we needed to share that with Utah parents. And uh, one of the very best ways to reach the masses is to leverage uh, media. Mm. And so we approached media with the strategy of we want to tell a story. We want to tell a story of the detrimental effects of alcohol on the young developing teen brain. And so by creating a series of TV commercials and and radio PSAs and and billboards and online and social media integration and digital outreach, we were able to start telling that story. Um, Now, I I guess it's safe to say that um, by, by production and by content, these messages are all public service announcements. Mm -hmm. But we don't rely on free airtime of PSAs to run these. Rather, Utah allocates sufficient resources and funding to put these messages on prime time. Mm -hmm. And so we know that we're talking directly to our audience. Those parents who have kids between the ages of 10 to 16 are hearing our message. And we're able to raise a massive amount of awareness to the dangerous effects that alcohol can have on these young teenagers. Sure. Uh, now, once we raise that awareness, um, then the next question we get all the time is, then what'd you do? You know, because it's one thing to raise awareness, mm-hmm. and a lot of campaigns will do that. Uh, but if you raise awareness and you don't provide some level of a solution to help these individuals, then you've only heightened the um, severity of the problem. And so... Once we've raised the awareness, we switch gears and we begin to teach these parents what they personally can do to keep their kids alcohol free. And so the media messages switch from talking about the dangers of underage drinking and they start to teach a skill set, mm-hmm. you know, focused on bonding, you know, st- establishing that relationship with your child in an effort uh, to keep them safe. Um, and once we did bonding, we would focus on boundaries helping parents set clear rules, clear expectations in an effort to keep their kids alcohol-free, possibly even setting consequences in order to enforce these rules. 
And then the last piece, uh, which is sometimes the most challenging, is we teach parents how to monitor their kids, mm. how to ensure that their kids reside in an alcohol-free social environment. And we know with bonding, boundaries, and monitoring, that threefold skill message, we're giving parents the most simplistic approach to safeguarding their child and keeping them alcohol-free. Um, so it's a little bit of a two-fold campaign. One, you've got to raise the awareness. You've got to tell them about the dangers of underage drinking. And then second, you've got to come in and provide them with a skill set in an effort to really make a difference. Uh, and that's a little bit of the media strategy. Uh, now, there's a second piece to that, uh, which is probably the most innovative of the things that Utah is doing, mm -hmm. is they realize that um, it shouldn't just be the state of Utah, you know, the government uh, talking to these parents about the need to prevent underage drinking, right. uh, but to truly make a sustainable change in a community you must involve all aspects of the community. Both mm -hmm. public and private entities have to believe in your message and be willing to do something about it. Uh, and so Parents Empowered was charged with the responsibility of bringing together public and private community entities to help share this message, to, to further support parents in this daunting task of keeping kids alcohol-free. And so we've created partnerships with law enforcement, with mayor's offices, with city councils, uh, all types of public entities. But on the reverse side, we've also begun to build partnerships who help us to share this message with grocery stores, mm -hmm. with convenience stores, with gas stations, with car dealerships. Uh, we actually created a partnership with the U.S. ski team uh, that's stationed here in Park City, that they came out against underage drinking using their voice and their clout to talk about this issue. These partnerships have been instrumental in maintaining across these communities. Um, one of the hardest things with media campaigns is, is longevity, uh, creating mm -hmm. a presence that's sustainable. And by leveraging community partners to help spread that conversation and maintain the conversation in the community, I mean, we've, we've seen the awareness of parents empowered and the issue of underage drinking continue to grow year after year all across Utah. Uh, and a lot of the credit has to go to these community partners sure. that they're stepping up in an effort to help share this message and truly create the impact. Um, and, and our community partners, you know, the size of them, they range. I mean, we'll have a, a small little boutique grow in Utah, you know, that's family owned, take advantage of this partnership and help spread the message. And then we'll have, you know, some major large enterprises like hospitals and medical centers who will also engage with this message to help us talk about underage drinking. Um, so it truly is all aspects of the community talking about one issue that they want to see changed in an effort to protect the health and the wellness of these young children. Sure. One of the things that I love is that you were able to unite everyone around the same message because I think often what times happens is everybody um, doesn't say exactly the same thing. And something I loved um, one is that your messages that you created were upbeat. Um, they didn't make a parent feel like they were being condemned. Um, they were funny and they were upbeat and they were memorable. And I love that everyone was saying the kinds of same the same kind of message. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you were able to develop those messages and get them to be, 
you know, that uplifting light kind of message um, rather than the typical messages we often see when it comes to parents and underage drinking, um, you know, the crash car or things like that. You know, that's a very, that's a great question. Um, historically, we've seen underage drinking messages, um, and they focus on the negative results of underage drinking, car crashes, um, clear down to the death of these young individuals. What was expected um, is we talked in focus groups with parents, you know, they, they quickly remembered those types of messages, you know, during their youth. Um, you know, their time growing up, and it becomes a little bit of a scare tactic. Um, and we found out through research that a lot of the uh, kids would look at these and say, not possible, not going to happen to me. Um, and, and, and we knew, you know, selecting parents as our target audience focus, um, that parents uh, were good parents, and we didn't want to take that away from them. Mm-hmm. Um, parenting is not a one-size-fits-all approach, and so we wanted to be that trusted source um, as parents empowered to provide them with advice, counsel, if you will, um, in an effort to be better parents. And so using humor enabled us, one, to kind of break through the clutter of, of mass media. Uh, the average person sees over 396 advertisements a day. Of those advertisements, they will actually only like 12. Um, so to be one of those 12, you've got to do something to stand out. Mm-hmm. And the humor enabled us to stand out, but it also enabled us to creep up on their parents and educate and teach them simple skill sets that they could use to keep kids alcohol-free. Um, and so it, it's a very strategic approach. It was it was done based on research. You know, we, we knew that we're talking about something sensitive and something very important, uh, and we we're talking to an audience that believes that they were doing everything right. And so to cut through the clutter and reach the parents in a way that they were going to understand what we were asking them to do, um, humor was selected as probably the most mm-hmm. strategic, innovative approach uh, to motivate parents to engage with this conversation and help keep their kids from drinking underage. Really great. One of the things that you said is that you did a lot of data collection. And I think that's so important as well, because oftentimes people will see the problem and they immediately come up with a solution. um, And that might not necessarily be uh, the correct solution. Tell us a little bit about the research that you did before you went and created the message, all the work that went um, in behind the scenes before you ever even created that first message. So Utah, in particular, Parents Empowered, um, they love their research. Everything that we run, everything that uh, is communicated to the larger public is all research-based, from the messages to the visuals uh, to where the media is placed and which networks, uh, all of it is based on research. Um, One of the interesting findings early in the campaign is we needed to determine uh, the name of this campaign, the brand that it would carry, uh, Parents Empowered. And we did an interesting study where we pulled together groups of parents and uh, we put them in a room and we asked them to document the major influences in their kids' lives, you know, and they they wrote down uh, all kinds of things. Um, their parents, the media, uh, their friends, um, you name it, all these different influences in their lives. And we had parents do the exact same assignment to draw and write down all the different influences in their kids' lives. Well, parents... Um, drew down the list and put media and put peer pressure and friends as kind of major influence in the kids' lives, and they, they, they listed themselves last as, as the least impactful influence in their kids' lives. 
but when we had the kids do the same assignments, the kids wrote down that their parents were their number one influence in their lives. And with that, we knew we found a disconnect mm-hmm. that parents didn't understand how valuable their influence was in keeping their kids on the, on the, on the proper path of, of health and success. And so that was where the name Parents Empowered was born, that the fundamental success of this campaign was going to be on empowering parents to realize that they were the number one influence in their kids' lives. Therefore, them setting rules against underage drinking was going to be the greatest opportunity we had to keep these kids alcohol-free. Uh, and all of that was based on research. Now, we conduct multiple research studies every single year to ensure that we continue to stay on the right path in an effort to keep these kids alcohol-free. Uh, we'll test our messages. We'll test the media choices. Um, clear down to we'll actually do a full parent study in an effort to find out the current behaviors and perceptions of these parents you know, in, in accord to underage drinking. Uh, and then that's all measured against um, our Utah State SHARP survey, um, which is a, a health and awareness study that is taken in schools um, by most all grades as they report to us on the severity of substance abuse and anti-violence uh, in their schools. And we compare the data sets between those kids that have taken it and the parents who have taken it to find out where the disconnects are in an effort to increase the effectiveness of our underage drinking prevention effort. That's really fantastic. I think oftentimes coalitions see the problem out there, such as underage drinking. And again, there's just such a desperation to do something about it because people's lives are at stake. But remembering in order to be effective, it's so important to do the work behind the scenes before you ever do something, because who wants to spend all that time and energy just to do something that doesn't work? Absolutely. So I think that's powerful. Um, what would you say was one of the biggest mistakes that coalitions do make when creating messaging for their communities? You know, one of the hard things is um, I think coalitions often face this issue that uh, it's a daunting task to assume responsibility for preventing underage drinking or any level of substance abuse in their counties and their cities or even in their states. And they, they need to realize they're not alone in this fight. There, there are plenty of public and private organizations that would lend their support and help in an effort to enhance and magnify the intensity of this message in an effort to really create a long-term sustainable social change. Um, I would urge coalitions that you know decide on what issue you want to impact and, and what strategy you're going to take, uh, but then reach out into the community and, and rally support from the, the private sector and the public sector in an effort to build a coalition that has the necessary resources to truly impact the issue. That makes Just so much amazed. sense. Um, I was thinking of that while you were uh, speaking, because oftentimes, uh, like you said in your presentation I saw in D.C., that coalitions will pick a whole bunch of different issues to tackle. And you just said just now, you know, pick one issue. Talk a little bit more about that. The need to stay focused is so very important. Um, if, we're, if we're talking about the, uh, the, the young youth of our communities, um, sure, they face a lot of issues. I've seen campaigns that target, you know, drug abuse, alcohol, uh, bullying efforts, um, grades, obesity, 
health, wellness. I mean, you name it. We've got all kinds of efforts to target these kids to help improve their lives. Um, but you can't do everything. Um, there's just not enough resources, hours, uh, or funding to impact all these issues. And so focusing in on one issue in an effort to improve the wellness of their lives it will be incredibly effective. Um, I mean, I see multiple campaigns here in Utah, you know, that coalitions would take on and, and try to do a little of everything. Mm-hmm. But sometimes a little mm-hmm. of everything has very little impact, whereas if you focus up on one particular issue, then you can make change and you can create sustainable behavior uh, alteration in an effort to truly impact the wellness of these young individuals. Um, it's a hard pill to swallow because on one side you look at it and you say, well, what about all the other issues they're facing? The nice thing is typically the skill set you will use to prevent, say, underage drinking will be the same skill set that you use in an effort to prevent tobacco use or mm-hmm. e-cigarettes or drug abuse, even anti-violence. It all comes back to prevention. Relationship um, as a family in an effort to set clear rules and expectations and then being willing to monitor those child activities in an effort to protect and safeguard them from uh, these violences or substance abuse. I love that. I think coalitions struggle so often to get parents to come out to their events and to come to their different things. And then when the parents do come to an event, it's not necessarily the parent that they were looking to target. It might be the parent that already had that conversation with their young person. A media campaign is brilliant because it levels uh, the playing field. Everybody is hearing the same messaging in the community and you are going to the parents rather than requiring the parent to come to you. Absolutely. I was thinking um, that all change really does start with communication. So how can coalition leaders become better communicators? Keep it simple. I I give that advice um, probably weekly uh, to different prevention coalitions um, across cities, states, counties, uh, even at the federal level. Um, we, We often like to say too much. And uh, when, you, when using traditional channels of media, you need to make sure that, uh, one, you're, a, you're able to cut through the clutter, uh, but you have a very simple, concise message for people. Um, I mean, they're only going to remember the one thing you tell them. So make sure that that one thing is easy to understand and is actionable, that there's something that they can do about it. Um, if, if you get too complicated in your prevention message, too many things uh, the return's going to be zero. You're not going to get them to do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but asking them to do one thing in an effort to protect their children, they'll remember that one thing. And that one thing will be measurable and will create the change that you're looking for. That's great. It's rather than, you know, hearing 10 different points one time, it's hearing one point 10 different times. That's really great. Exactly. What would be the best advice that you ever read or the best advice somebody ever gave you in this field? You know, I, I was working with one individual um, early on in Parents Empowered here in Utah, focused on underage drinking, and uh, we were establishing uh, baseline goals that we were going to measure against. And uh, I asked the question, if we do this campaign, what are we after? And one of the individuals there said, you know, if we were able to cut underage drinking rates in Utah in half, that would be an incredible success. Uh, and I agreed. I mean, what, a, what an amazing outcome. And I remember scribbling that down on my, my notepad and another individual who I've uh, uh, grown to be very fond of, uh, consider him a little bit of a mentor in this space, 
um, spoke up and said, you know, if, if you're going to take on an issue and a cause like underage drinking, it's not about reducing the rates or cutting the rates in half. It's about eliminating the rates, wow. leaving no children behind. And that spoke to me in a, in a great degree of what, what, what it means to be passionate about uh, the prevention of substance abuse and especially alcohol is to look at this as this is dramatically affecting the wellness of these young children, tearing down their lives. And we often look at these as numbers saying, you know, well, a 25% reduction, a 50% reduction, these are amazing statistics. When in all reality, these are kids. These are our kids. These are our communities. If we're going to engage with uh, an issue like this, it's not about reducing the numbers. It's about saving the lives. And putting passion to this message was uh, a very important lesson for me that um, it wasn't going to be measured in numbers. It was going to be measured in the total lives affected by what we were attempting to do. Oh, that's really great. I'm sure that somebody is sitting listening to this and they're thinking, oh my goodness, where do I start? Um, how do I even begin to do this uh, now that I know this information? What advice would you give them? Where, where do they start? You know, I've worked with a lot of coalitions over the years and they hesitate to start because they don't feel they have the necessary resources or uh, team available to their disposal in an effort to truly make a difference. Um, one of the things I have seen uh, across the country is coalitions with very little resources make fantastic impact on this issue. Um, you don't need big budgets. You don't need big teams. You need dedicated, passionate individuals who are innovative and creative in their approach to truly make change. Um, don't wait, you know, until you have more money than you know what to do with. Don't wait until every person you think is important is on your team. Get started today. It's it's very easy to recruit people to get on a moving train. It's really hard to get people to help build the train. Mm, that's good advice. Um, so my my advice is start today. Start little. You know, small efforts often grow into big, impactful initiatives. And uh, you, you may be surprised at the effective results you're able to generate um, on very small budgets and with very small teams. That's really fantastic. Um, in closing up the conversation, I think one of the neatest things that I saw from your campaign is the unique way that you pulled in every sector of the community into what you're doing. And you made the ask really easy. So for folks um, who want to learn more about Parents Empowered, we'll link... Uh, in the show notes, their website, but you can go on there and look at just simple ways where they created a message um, and had a magnet that was on all of the different uh, trash trucks that just had, you know, don't let your teen's brain go to garbage, you know, talk to them about underage drinking. And I think looking outside the box and finding those unique partners and finding something that they could that they could do because um, everybody really does want to be involved. They just want it to be something that, you know, is actually doable for them. And I think that's one of the fantastic things about your campaign is that you found um, ways that people could say yes and you didn't ask them to do a huge thing. You know, here, put this magnet on the side of your truck is a lot different than come to these, um, you know, put in hours of time. So that was fantastic too. Um, any last words of advice that you have for our listeners? 
You know, we live in a in a very digital um, where the consumption of media is quickly changing. And uh, I would just urge the coalitions if they um, decide to take this approach um, to really leverage in um, creative and innovative approaches to share messages, you know, maximize the digital space, find ways to engage with social media. Um, and then, Amanda, like you said, you know, find this creative tactics to involve your community partners. You know, as simple as stickers on, on, on cars or on, on garbage trucks. I mean, it's a great way to get the community engaged in talking about the issue uh, at a very little cost. And so be creative, be innovative, you know, find very uh, special ways to share such an important message. That's awesome. And if people want to learn more about you or anything like that, are you available on social media or anything like that? Where can they find you or find more about what you do? Absolutely. Uh, best way to reach me, if you go to uh, rrpartners.com, um, that's our agency website, and uh, uh, hitting me up through the contact us, uh, you'll get directly to me, and I'm more than happy to consult or to chat with people about their approach and their strategies. Um, the other place you can go is visit parentsempowered.org. Um, and then I am on the backside of the contact us option. And so if you send messages through the website, I will also get them there. That's fantastic. And we'll make links to all those things in the show notes. Well, Steve, I really appreciate your time. I think you've helped so many uh, folks out there really empower them to create change in their community. And that's something we're really passionate about here on our podcast. So we really appreciate that. And um, I know that your input is going to help a lot of folks. Terrific. Happy to help. Call me anytime. For more information from today's podcast, check out our show notes. There you can find our contact information, social media, and website. Please get in touch with us if you have any comments or questions. And if you like today's podcast, please share it with your friends. Thanks for listening.